Marsley professionals have risen to the challenges from COVID-19 in incredible ways. I'm CND Features Editor Thomas Cox. For this week's Coronavirus Podcast, I spoke to Bernadette Brown, the owner of Cadden Pharmacy in Fife, Scotland, about how she fought her back to her pharmacy from a holiday in Mexico just before lockdown happened, how to soaring stress levels, and use an app to implement new ways of working. Bernie, it's great to have you here. Where were you when the lockdown first happened? I did actually manage to get home just as lockdown was enforced. However, I had literally just left the country when we were getting the sense that things were definitely going to be heading towards lockdown. So I had literally arrived in Baja, California, which is a beautiful peninsula just off to the main coast of Mexico and to the south of Los Angeles. And when we arrived there, we could tell that things were going very, very wrong uh, in our country. The cases had started to rise. My staff's anxiety had started to go through the roof. And it became very clear that things were not okay in the UK. (laughs) So we, we did actually get back into the UK just before everything was locked down. And it was a real story and a half to get home, I can tell you. (laughs) How did you get home? We thought we were going to be okay with the US airline and we had made arrangements to fly back a bit sooner. So we literally got there and I had spent the next few days frantically trying to find a route home. So just as we thought we were okay with the US, President Trump closed down LAX. So that was that out the window. And then their friends, a lot of them were from Canada that lived down in Baja. So they said, right, go book your flights with Canada rather than Mexico. Um, The Canadian borders and the flights are still open. So we did that. And then we booked those flights only to then the next morning find out that Canada had shut their borders. So by this point, we were two flights down, lots of money spent and still desperately trying to get home. Um, the anxiety levels were quite high by this point because we were really thinking, how on earth do we do this? So um, the, the guy I was staying with, very intelligent guy, knows the area well. He said, well, do you know this? Let's go to the local bus station and see if we can get you on an all-night bus down to a very tiny airport on the very south of Mexico. <laughs> we then tried to see if there was any flights still going out from there. And we managed to get one last flight that was going into to London. So we got our bags packed and we literally got on a 12-hour overnight bus journey through Baja, California, down to the south. Uh, we, we then managed to get to the, the small airport on the south of Baja, flew into Mexico City and got a flight from Mexico City to Heathrow. When we got to London, it was like a ghost town, nothing on the roads. And we got this one taxi driver that we managed to source online. And bless him, I've given I gave him a fantastic tip because he came out for us and he drove across London and got me to my the other airport in London, which was initially where we were going to be flying home from. And we literally then got home to Edinburgh and, and that's how we got home. So it took us four four days and nights to get back to the UK. Well, four days and nights, that, that is some impressive de- dedication. What was the situation in your, in your pharmacy while you were abroad? Why did you need to get back? Absolutely had to. The, the, the staff were on their knees. Um, my, my daughter has just qualified. My other daughter is on maternity leave, just had a baby. Absolutely no way could she come and help. And 
in the exact same week that they were inundated with. Just, you can't even describe the pictures that they were sending me of baskets and baskets of prescriptions. And they didn't know really how to cope with it. And the stress levels were, were just beyond, beyond the pale. And my daughter was crying out for help. And both my technician daughter and my pharmacist, the young girl that's just qualified, too much for them, far too much for them to have to cope with. And I just needed to get back and try and understand what on earth had happened because why suddenly? But it, you know, the transpires that people were panicking. And then, of course, we were losing staff. They were dropping like flies because they had a sniffle or a slight cough. And then they were told to go home and isolate. And at this point, there was no testing in place. So we didn't know if it was just a wee cough. You know, we're still just coming out of winter. Was it coronavirus? No one was prepared to take that risk. There wasn't any support. We didn't have any PPE. And the team were just in a terrible state of panic. So I, I just had to get home and, and I had to be there. You you mentioned that you, you were operating on a, a skeleton staff um, when you arrived back at, back at the pharmacy because a number mm. of your team members were self, self-isolating. How close did you come to closure? Well, closure probably didn't enter my head. That would be absolute worst case scenario. What I did do was I, I, I just reached out for help. And I contacted uh, our NHS, I contacted Community Pharmacy Scotland, and I I have to say that the amount of support we had just in terms of, yeah, of course we can help, the advice I got from Amanda Ray at Community Pharmacy Scotland was just, it was what I needed at the time. And I also had a, a beautiful practice pharmacist who was willing to come in on Sundays and she gave up two of her Sundays so that she could socially distance and it was just going to be me and her in the pharmacy. And I will never forget that she came in on Mother's Day. I mean, who does that? You know, it was just unbelievable support that on Mother's Day I was getting some support from NHS Fife through this beautiful girl that I'd known a long time ago and I worked as a, a practice pharmacist. And... We managed to work, I think we did a 16-hour day on the first day we got home so that my team, when they walked in on Monday morning, weren't walking into the hell that they'd left. Because bless them, they just they just couldn't cope with the volume of work and the lack of staff. Uh, and I guess it was just, we needed some support to get caught up so that we could then start devising how, we fa- how do we find a way to navigate around this new way of working and this new amount of volume and how do we get around the fact that when staff go off, they literally could be off for a week or a fortnight and there was no testing. So, you know, it sort of sparked a lot of conversations with myself, the board, Community Pharmacy Scotland, and also then how do we stay protected? And I just went out and bought a lot of PPE. I'd already done that the week before so that my team could feel that they had gloves and masks. And we took a very, very early decision to close our doors in terms of not allowing people to free walk in. We're still open, but they weren't able to just free walk in. Some heroic stories from individuals there helping to keep your pharmacy open. You managed to pull together a team that has, has lasted since March. Did you get help from from NHS and from Pharmacy Scotland to make that happen? Fortunately, um, the staff who had isolated came back 
we still didn't have NHS staff testing at that point. Uh, and, and then I was able to source the antibody tests. So we, we tested every single person in the workplace. And we knew it wasn't 100% safe or sure, but it did give us comfort that none of us had been exposed. And then we decided that we would operate very, very differently. And we we went into a phase of getting through the work, but then having reflection time the next day. So we introduced our campfire. And I think this notion of us sitting around in a circle every morning, asking each other how we are, how we're coping, looking at the pressures from the day before, what was the anxiety, what was it that was causing the stress. And it was really quite interesting because that helped to shape my ideas and my thinking. And I've, I've been in this job for over 30 years. And I had to go back to the drawing board how do we actually process prescriptions? And is that the best way to do that during coronavirus? And the resounding answer was no, we had to change. We had to change what we were doing. And so what did you change in what you were doing? I probably better to go back in time just six months ago when we introduced uh, an NHS-approved app. So we introduced an app called Healthira. And at the point of pandemic starting, we had about 700 people using the app. So it was starting to take off. You know, we, we do a lot of prescriptions, but this was my way of thinking was that it's a fantastic way to keep in touch with people online. And also they could order their prescriptions. It was making life easier for us. We could track it, we could trace it, and then we could send them a code through the 24-7 robots. So we also had that infrastructure there, but we had to think, well, not enough people are using it. So we had to then think, yep, yeah, that's going to have to be a solution. So we're looking at current infrastructure and what we had that could support a different way of working. And then we had to look at how we process prescriptions, the absolute basics of life for us, which is you get a medicine prescription through the door, either electronically or a piece of paper. And then how do we actually make that turn into medicine? So like most pharmacies, we have a part baked wall where, you know, you've got some of it made up and you're waiting and other medicines coming in from wholesalers. This in a pandemic was causing us the biggest amount of stress. And most of my team who were dealing with that huge amount of bags lying everywhere, it just wasn't working for our mental health and it wasn't a good way of working. So I just went back to how I used to work before all the technology. And you think, like, how on earth would Bernie do that? Because I'm surrounded by technology. But I just went back to basics. And I, I went back to the days 20 years ago where I didn't have, you know, all this technology and what we did then was we we bought the medicine we got the prescription piece of paper and we just ensured we had all the medicine in stock before we even started to assemble it and then I thought well how great is this that's how we used to do it but now I have technology so my computer my computers can tell me how much stock I have and for every prescription we could check that we could fill it so every script that could be filled immediately was put into the workflow and all of a sudden, it just became much more seamless. You just had a prescription, the stock was there, it got assembled, it got checked, and it got put in the robot. And that's then we thought, right, the lights went on, it was a brainwave, and it, we, we will never go back to doing it the old way now because this new way of working means that every prescription we are starting to touch, we assemble straight away, and we're not going back to work two and three times in a chaotic situation. It's much calmer. And it's much nicer and kinder to my staff. A lot of a lot of pharmacies will, will, will not have have had 
such such devices to be able to assist them with the surge surge and demand um, following the coronavirus outbreak. How are your are your other local pharmacies doing within yeah within the Fife area? Some of them haven't had obviously the opportunity to have the same technology support that I have, but you know quite a lot of them do have the apps. They've got their own apps now, and I think that's supporting their teams and. I think with the support of NHS Fife and Community Pharmacy Scotland, obviously I think it was tough for every single pharmacy, even ours with technology at the beginning. Um, from what I'm hearing now is that, you know, they are managing better. Uh, they do have longer lines than we have because they don't have the external way of collecting. And, and I guess that's been the biggest barrier for them in terms of the way in which they've had to change their operation in comparison to mine because we've had a, a better way of maintaining the safety and the distance and not having to have so many people come and collect prescriptions from from our building, I guess. So I, I think they've had a tougher time than us on that front. And I would think from what I'm reading across the social media platforms, that has been a difficulty in terms of people's behaviours. We've had some of that, even despite our very short lines, where people are impatient and haven't been always as kind as they need to be to pharmacy staff working frontline on the NHS, you know, in this terrible, terrible time. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good opportunity for, for me to just plug, plug our survey showing that the, the rising abuse of pharmacy staff during the pandemic was mainly caused by an increase in, in waiting times. Is this a reflection of, of your experience in your pharmacy? What was the main cause of, of abuse, if any, for your team? Absolutely customer expectation. And we're still trying to manage that, despite what we think is, you know, we're trying to give the best possible experience that we can to all of our customers. But, you know, despite that, we can have someone who's maybe had a consultation with their doctor at 11 a.m. and they are standing in a line demanding their medicine by 12, you know, or maybe 2 p.m. We had to really try and communicate strongly with our GP colleagues and our pharmacist colleagues working in GP land to, to try and help us educate the public and we came up with a wicked idea uh, and I spent quite a few weeks emailing every one of my GPs on a Monday morning with a lovely message asking them how they are, sending them rainbows, um, messages of hope and looking after their teams and then I was pleading with them at the same time, look here's how my team's having to work, this is the things that are happening to us, the public are coming up because you're telling them to come up within two, three hours, please can we try and find a different new way of working that supports us all. So they agreed to do all the acute prescriptions and not to hand them to people. You know, someone happened to go into the GPs and have an assessment. They don't give the prescription to the human being. They send it over to the pharmacy, labelled urgent. They give us the mobile number or they tell us it's an urgent delivery. Now, since we started doing that, it needed a team effect. It wasn't just a case of how do I get that message out to the public? Because you can't just reset public expectations as a pharmacy in isolation when there's, you know, nine other pharmacies and seven GP practices in one town. We all have to kind of be singing from the same song sheet so the public get a very strong message. This is now the new way we do things. And I have to say that we did insist upon this and we asked kindly every single week. <laughs> and now we don't need to ask because it happens automatically. We get our bundles over, we sort out the urgents, we make them first. We put them in the robot, we send them for delivery, then we can relax and start working on the non-urgent work, which is, again, 
a kinder way to work for us all. And it's also better for the public. So we are not seeing now people coming up to the line at an inappropriate time that doesn't support us to get the medicine ready for them safely. How has the Scottish government responded into the crisis? I think largely it's been uh, something more proactive, should we say, than the the English government um, in regards to pharmacy. There was a, a state backed indemnity scheme covering NHS activities carried out as part of the, the response extended to contractors in, in England and Wales and Northern Ireland. But it, at the time of its, its announcement in mid-May, it was said it, it wouldn't extend to pharmacies in, in Scotland. What do, what do you think about this? Uh, yeah, that's, I just feel sad. <laughs> you know, I, that kind of statement just makes you feel a little bit sad. And, and you just have to hope again that this isn't something that is a forever, it's not happening for Scottish pharmacists. Perhaps it will allow negotiation or discussions to open between the people that can make that something that they can consider for us. And I think up until now, my thoughts are that anyone in Scottish leadership have tried to ensure that Scottish pharmacists absolutely are getting the same benefits and and the same types of indemnity support as as anyone else. So I would hope, my hope is that this will be something that will be reconsidered and perhaps will be something that we can say that we are going to get as well. I have to live with hope in mind because if you were to start thinking of all the negatives, it would be very hard to carry on and you just have to try and have the mindset that Look, you know, we will be looked after if and when the time came. That was Bernadette Brown, the owner of Cadden Pharmacy in Fife, Scotland. To conclude the podcast, we have a message tweeted out by Scotland's Chief Pharmaceutical Officer, Rose Mary Parr, on May 25th, giving thanks to Community Pharmacy. It's been my absolute pleasure to be able to serve pharmacists and their staff across Scotland over this time. Not just this difficult time of COVID, but all through the number of years where pharmacy has been able and open to access to the public. Since March and April, Community Pharmacy in your high streets, the 1,258 pharmacies that are open for access, have been able to give both advice, treatment and referral to those patients and the public who have needed it in the most time of need. I would like to say a big thank you to all those staff both in community pharmacy, hospital pharmacy, GP practice, for those people who deliver the medicines, for pharmacy technicians and support staff who had worked tirelessly across the piste to try and both maintain and excel at pharmaceutical care for patients across Scotland at this time. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe via iTunes or your preferred Android app. Thanks very much for listening.